Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into this week's podcast from. And I'm genuinely excited about today's conversation because it's a gentleman that I know very, very well and who is very much fresh in my mind at the moment. Uh, what we're we now a week or so on from uh, departing from the fine confines of XL London and Event Tech Live 2022. Um, it is one of the, uh, the partner organisations that help the team at Event Tech Live, which includes myself, to put the event on. I'm going to be talking today a little bit about Event Tech Live, but also about the sort of the wider experience of, of live streaming, about blended events, about um, cannibalising your in-person audience, all sorts of lovely stuff that they have garnered from their experience in, in delivering um, hybrid and virtual events and their skills at live streaming and camera work. It is our very good friend joining us today from First Sight Media, Mr. Rich Belcher. Rich, thank you for joining the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, James. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to see you as always. Absolutely. And and as I said at the beginning then, um, you know, you and I, uh, you know, very much fresh in each other's minds. I'm sure you've you've had plenty of other things, you know, to sort out since we came off uh, the back of Eventet Live. But it was only just over a week ago. We're recording this on Monday the 28th. I think, yeah, Monday the 28th right. of yep. November. So, we are what um, nine days, ten days on from leaving yeah. site at XL. So it's, it is still very much fresh in our minds. Um, Event Tech Live, um, but as I said, we, you know, we're not just going to talk about that today. Um, we are here to sort of talk about, I suppose, live streaming and and, and video, you know, streaming as a whole, and some of the stuff that you guys have learned certainly since the pandemic. Definitely, yeah. Um, so for those of those of uh, the audience that don't know who First Sight Media are. Um, we are, well, those of you that can see, I have it conveniently labeled, branded <laughs> behind me, event production and live streaming specialist. So um, we, 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 we help um, produce and deliver all manner of events from, uh, you know, award ceremonies to conferences, uh, public lectures, um, all the way to, you know, the, the, the grand stuff like, uh, like Event Tech Live, uh, how many, many days we decided to go it was. Um, so yeah. we, we actually helped at Event Tech Live, we we um, help deliver all the virtual stuff. They all dialed into our studios here in Oxfordshire, um, the virtual callers. And um, we then um, filmed and captured all of the um, hundred or so sessions that there were um, across the four stages um, at mm. ETL. Uh, we ran the live stream. Um, and uh, yeah, generally we're kept very busy, James, I think it's fair to say. It, absolutely. And, and, and um, hello to anybody who's listening to this podcast who, who you know, did come along to Event Tech Live at, at Excel. Thank you for coming, first of all. It, it was a spectacular turnout. I think everybody was, was, was really chuffed to bits with the, the vibe and just the feel of, of, of the buzz that was going around the hall, particularly in the new venue. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a very warm welcome to anybody listening to this today who was there. And I, and I suppose for context, it's important maybe to, to sort of clarify what people may have seen. But don't realize what's actually going on because they will have walked past the stages if they were there and at the back of each stage they will have seen one of the first sight media team there with a camera on a tripod which is not uncommon at a conference to see a guy at the back of the stage or the theater area with a camera filming it but a lot of people could just be forgiven for, for thinking that oh well he's just there videoing it and recording it you know those cameras effectively once it comes through that lens there's an awful lot going on behind the scenes isn't there to, to actually support the delivery of that event as a what we would have called hybrid but you, you and I both agreed on this fantastic new term blended that was yes. given to us at the show yeah absolutely so yeah I mean um uh, so we, we were set up at ETL um on all four stages to allow virtual callers to dial in so if for whatever reason and this did happen uh, at 2021's ETL mm. um someone wasn't able to get on a plane because they tested positive or anything like that so mm. um we planned for that eventuality and so um behind the scenes of each of the stages um or sometimes right in the open and obvious um there was um you know various bits of kit and tech that allowed us to um, interface with the team from Novum, who were providing uh, the majority of the AV there, or yep. um, or uh, Four Wall, who were doing it on the main stage, That's and right, to yep. integ integrate with those guys so that we could bring in callers. They could be displayed to those in the audience. Uh, of course, everybody watching the live stream or the recording could see them as well. Um, and yeah, so th there was a lot going on at ETL. Um, I think we had about fourteen crew all in 
um, as well as um, uh, top and tailing all the sessions, making them ready to go up on demand um, as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, making sure we had an audio feed from Novum and, and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's, that's, that's a pretty typical setup um, for First Art Media these days. Um, you know, plan for every eventuality is our, is our middle name. Um, and, and, and that 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 comes back to, to you know a, a working ethos uh, you know f for people who work on live event sites regularly which is that you you are constantly working alongside other people and and you know from a hardware point of view are literally plugging in and connecting with other stakeholders and other suppliers at the venue like you said you know on our main stage we've got our Novum who are doing the audio we've got four wall who are controlling a big video screen and all three of those parties including yourselves have, have got to work together to to make that happen if we need to bring somebody in um but i suppose that the other the other element of that as well is the fact that that, that that's able to then bring this blended element in which is that all of that content is being streamed out to people who for whatever reason have, have chosen to to interact with the event via the, the virtual platform yeah, a couple of interesting points there, um, James. I'm, I'm going to start with the, actually a lot of our work does involve integrating with others. Um, mm. So we do we do provide the full service. So we can do um, uh, you know the big screen and the the PA and all that kind of stuff. But um, because of our um, uh, because of how we excel in the live streaming element, we work with a lot of partners a lot of the time. So uh, you know the likes of Novum and Fourwall might. Um, get us in to do the filming and the streaming yeah, um, yeah. and then and then so we integrate with those so um partnerships is a big is a big thing for us at first sight we do a lot of that with others um, and so we are very used to okay we'll give you this and you give us that right um but you know we do that all in advance make sure everyone's on the same page and such like but yeah it, it certainly does allow for this um this this ability to engage um with an online audience in a different way than we experienced certainly pre-pandemic i'll try not to go too much on about the pre-pandemic and post-pandemic situation but certainly um uh, uh, pre-pandemic the the online audience was very much an afterthought you know you had the odd event where it mm. wasn't but um but certainly now with um the experience that everybody had in the last few years um they're they're, they're kind of expectant of um of, of what is essentially our services um you know they're expectant of it to be filmed they're expecting that they can engage with it via a stream or or, or, or you know in in some way and of course that's great for our business model fantastic but mm. um what what it means is um our customers and potential customers but um our, our customers are leaning on us a lot more to come up with those ideas and and whatnot you made a really good point um when we were chatting um in the green room before we started recording about how a lot of events are still annual um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's that's very true we we see most mm -hmm. most if not a lot of our, our our annual or or the very best you know every six months and so to make changes and to make tweaks to engage with that audience in a different way it's 12 months in the planning and you know they don't have the time to just oh we're just going to change this and then in 10 minutes it will be different because it's not that's not how it works really yeah 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 um, it's, it's not like i mean for example at the moment and i've scribbled a couple of things down that i'm going to come to but very quickly it's not like you know the, the, the good example at the moment is is watching the broadcast of the world cup you know that the the, the 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 main terrestrial channels in the uk you know bbc one and itv one which is showing that the, the, the football on terrestrial tv you can see subtly tweaks being made even from the first broadcast you know Absolutely. every every broadcast and you'll probably have a keener a more an even more keen eye than our, the, the mind to, to spot stuff but you can see that they've got the luxury they're on air again in four hours time and yeah. then tomorrow so they're constantly refining it in our world of, of the sort of the annual event you know we have 12 months to to, to sort of think about it and then you know the, the the live cycle is is is, is quite long, and we'll we'll get to why it's then important to actually sort of tap into some of the 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 the, the experience and, and the stats that you can build as a as a business, basically who are doing it every week. But what one thing I want to come back to is when when, when you talk about sort of elongating it, I was going to say community building is one of the key things. You talk about this; it, it's an expectant element of an event now to have that uh, to have you you know your facility there. Um, and that, that comes to, to two things, I think, is that there's a huge talk in the events industry and has been for a while about community building, you know, yep. not just opening your doors, doing the two day event, closing the doors. So thank you very much. We'll see you next year. You know, but community 
building is a huge part of events now uh, um, in, a, in a competitive marketplace and having filmed content which then turns into on-demand content, which then turns into social media content, which turns into snippets that you can click down to 30 seconds and sound bites, becomes part of your community building. And it also ties in with carbon footprint, is offering people the opportunity not to have to travel to get there, because it can be a bit of a PR backfire sometimes, depending on, on the nature of your event, if you are expecting people to travel internationally, given you know the, the huge sort of... Um, you know, consumer media attention that there is on climate crisis. So a couple of things to pick apart there. And I'll go with community building, first of all, because that's certainly something that you, you've probably got stats on and experience in, in working with other events on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think this kind of, uh, you know, in, in the era of the metaverse that we're in now, this kind of always on, mm. um, uh, you know, it, it is what kind of makes lends itself obviously to community building. Um, there, there are some of our customers that do that brilliantly. Um, there's a great talk by Neil Thompson from uh, Delegate Wranglers um, at Event Tech Live, which I literally posted. Um, uh, I did the post on last week myself, yes. so I know it's available um, on the ETL YouTube channel. Um, and it, it talks about the importance of uh, pre-event marketing and what they what they what they really tried to do with um, their event, which I think was in June, um, was a, a Wrangler Fest. Um, yeah. Um, they 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 tried to create this. Uh, Neil Neil would describe it as FOMO. I want FOMO about our event. If you're not coming, you're missing out. What are you mm. missing out on? Let's not risk it. We better go. Yeah, and yeah. you know there were lots of there were lots of video posts um, in advance. There were lots of um, you know there was lots of chat about what's happening and and why it's important to come along. And you know they got great numbers. They got fantastic numbers. And then mm. since then there's been lots of other you know all our content. We did a highlights video. Uh, which did play on the main on, on the stage at ETL, which was nice, um, and um, uh, you know all, all this. So yeah, creating a community um, is something, and and there are some great platforms that can help you with that. Obviously, with ETL we use Stover, but there's there's literally millions of other ones. Um, we at First Sight Media use Crowdcoms a lot, mm. um, and th there's some there's some great networking tools and 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 stuff in inside the Crowdcoms platform. There are in all of them. We don't get commission from Crowdcoms. Just saying. Um, mm -hmm. um, but this, this, this. I, I, I think what it what it means is the um, which which leads us nicely to how we delivered what how how we decided what we were going to deliver at Event Tech Live <clears throat> is that you need to have this kind of constant engagement with your yeah. with your online audience in a way that you only used to have with your in-person audience. And I know everyone knows this, there were there were something like 20 sessions on engagement at ETL last week of the hundred. Um, and every, everybody knows there are, and there are a lot, I, I think what you'll, you'll learn if you watch all 20 of those is there are lots of different ways that you can look to engage your audience. Of course, I've got a different way and uh, you know, I'll tell you about it, but um, that there are millions of ways. And I think what is important for the, um, uh, the event organizing, um, specialists that we're talking to in this podcast or hopefully talking to in this podcast and not just talking to each <laughs> other um, is what you need to decide is what's right for you and what kind of does your you know if we go Simon Sinek start with the why why are you doing what you're doing is, yeah. are you doing it to create a community are you doing it just because everybody else is doing it and that's what's going to help define what engagement tools work for you um, yeah and uh, yeah so so it's it's a difficult one the carbon footprint is is a great one that i think was the second half of your um... yeah 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 I, I, and i think it's important now because you know we were it, it, inclusivity covers all manner of bases now um in the events industry um and there are certainly things that you know a subject for another podcast you know things like the the closed captions that, that yeah. we did with with the interpretifier at, at etl and, and all sorts of other bit you know subtle sometimes small but important things that you know that not just tick an inclusivity box but you know we recognize that it is it is an important part of the industry now and and certainly i think from the the, the live streaming the ability to, to tune into a, a blended content, virtual content, call it what you call it, is important because we do have an international audience at Event Tech Live. We do have to recognise that some people now are choosing not to fly. They're making conscious life choices in, in terms of how they're impacting the planet, their carbon footprint, and that has to be respected and that has to be 
um, uh, dealt with in such a way that you are still retaining an element of, of, of uh, adoption for those people who want to uh, engage that way? 100%. Look, I'm massively biased because I own and run a video production and streaming company, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll set my stall out there. They're my full disclosure. Um, but you mentioned at the top of the recording about cannibalizing your audience. And, yes. um, and, and I think the, the, the misconception, um, certainly pre-pandemic, but yep. sometimes now as well, is that if I stream, if I live stream it, people aren't going to turn up. Um, sure. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 I'll yeah. give you that for, you know, 1% of the audience. But so if we take ETL, if we stick with ETL as an example, the big problem I've got is generally I'm not able to talk about um, my events because they're all for, you know, pharmaceuticals or people that I've got this big fat NDA with. Um, <laughs> so that's why I keep mentioning ETL. It's really nice to be able to talk about it. But with ETL, there were 18 uh, countries tuned in to the live stream across five continents, right? So there was someone in Brazil, there was someone in Japan, um, or at least at least one person in Brazil and at least one person in Japan. Realistically, as fantastic as we all know Event Tech Live is, are you going to fly for 14 hours to come to it? Probably not. Okay, just for that, right? If you can tie it in with some other business meetings, great. But you still want to be able to learn from mm -hmm. the exciting content that we have at ETL, yeah. right? So you, you, I, I don't think there's any denying now that live streaming is a genuine option for sustainable, for sustainability conscious um, attendees. I, I think that's fair. And whether it be someone from Brazil or Japan, obviously I use them as extreme examples. But even you know, I mentioned that pharmaceuticals are a lot of our, um, yeah. a lot of our other audience, and you know. Uh, GPs can't necessarily free up a whole day to come to London and Excel or whatever, or two days. Um, and so th th you, 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 I, I don't, I hope, I really hope no one watching this at home or listening to this mm -hmm. would genuinely be able to argue that it's not a genuine option for sustainability conscious attendees. And yeah. also there are people that simply can't come. Right. They can't come for whatever reason, whether they're running a GP practice or a, a veterinary surgery or whatever it is, or they've got childcare that day. They can't come. Right. And so what you're doing by not streaming it is you're basically you're, you're not ticking the inclusivity box because you're basically saying you can only get involved if you if, if you attend. Well, the, 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 if, I, if I may just just add to that um, is that, you know, historically, if you look back um I'll, I'll go back 15 years or so to, to the you know trade show industry specifically. Mm. You know, you would get X amount of people pre-register, particularly when we started to have digital registration platforms, and you didn't have to just wait till you got to the NEC uh, and you know hack into a, a computer uh, on the concourse. So when when we brought in digital registration, um, but trade, but before we had this virtual or blended element that we call it now. Pre-reg numbers, we all knew that the, that the people who would actually walk through the door would be wildly different to the amount of people who pre-registered. Yep. And a huge part of that will be people who genuinely registered with an intent to come, but who last minute, family, health, yep. work, traffic, train strike, whatever, damn it, I now can't go. What, what we're offering now is the ability for those people who at the last minute suddenly can't come when they wanted to can still interact and and i'd love to see what the sort of the the stats are now when we actually look at sort of um pre-reg numbers against the people who actually turned up it's no longer pre-reg numbers against those who turned up it's pre-reg numbers against those who engaged whether that be in person or online and i think you'll see a quite a significant difference between how it was before we had the ability to have a virtual element yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, I don't have any of those stats to hand, unfortunately. But yes, I would be I would be very surprised if um, you're not seeing some of that drop off that you would have got from pre-reg numbers versus attendees. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're seeing that then transfer to the to the online or the virtual or the blended or whatever we're calling it um, at this yeah. moment. Um, you're seeing that you're seeing them um, transfer to that. So what you've what you've got to do is you've got to think about how you convert 
that audience if indeed conversion to in-person is what you want right and if we take something like etl obviously um you know that th there's there's a, a considerable number of exhibitors that have um, put their hand in their pocket to have a space there and they want footfall and we, mm -hmm. we you know we understand that um the benefit to something like etl and using the slaver platform they, they had a virtual presence as well so that was great but if the if the be all and end all of your event is customer footfall which i know it is for a lot a lot of people then what you could do is think about that that currently virtual audience as a physical audience for next year so you know a lot of people might not have experienced event tech live before let's say right mm. so they, they they're going to watch it from brazil and japan in the first instance uh, or canada or wherever and they're going to go oh actually i might go this i might i might attend this it's kind of a bit of a try before you buy right mm. in the mm. in the in the old in the old adage um so it it it, it, it if you if you set it up in that way and you create that FOMO that um, someone like Neil was talking about uh, for for Wranglerfest, you you can then have them convert for next year or you know in six months time at um, uh, US and Canada or whatever um, for ETL in Vegas. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I think what 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 people what people have a, a tendency to do fifteen years ago. Let's take that is they think okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna steal from my offline audience if mm. i put it online yeah, yeah that's what it was and 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 it it, it, it is a uh, these days that's a silly way to think of it is what i'm gonna say yeah hopefully i've justified I, I, no, that no it is no i i completely agree and 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 pre-pandemic it was very much called live streaming your event oh i don't want to live stream it because i don't want people having the option of just sitting at home and watching it and not coming to my show mm. I, I like the fact that we have all but abandoned the terminology of oh yeah we're we, you know we're live stream we're going to live stream the content you yeah. know we do refer to it as blended hybrid whatever but you know it is not just turning on a link and then leaving it that there, there is we saw interaction you know we saw people engaging with the online content using the chat function in this instance at each other this year it was was stover that we used to to drive that uh, and to host i suppose that 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 um, you were outputting the stream. The stream was then put into the Stover platform, uh, and there was Q and A functionality. There was chat functionality. They could look up all the exhibitors within there. You know, it is a virtual events platform, and we, yeah. and we saw activity in there. And I suppose that it's bringing me on to something that I think was it was important that we talk about today. Um, Rich is 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 how you output that content because all the virtual event platforms now offer similar a, a, a similar level of functionality um in that when you have multiple sessions at our type of event they can all be listed individually and they can all be set up as individual links for people to click on so somebody could click in and just watch the session that's at one o'clock they can leave that and they can come back in and click the session at three o'clock and start it you and i in a production meeting prior to the show had a chat with uh, Stover about how we wanted to do it and we were both in agreement that we wanted a continuous stream and, and I, I think it's important we touch on that today and you you sort of maybe expand why you think that was that was a good thing and, and why we made that decision so I mentioned that I mentioned that we're in the we're in the meta um universe now and mm. uh, uh you, you know this this always on um uh way of doing things is is, is what we're kind of seeing now and there's a, there's a there's a couple of thoughts um on that so you 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 mentioned the the live stream pre you know 10 years ago it was just oh we were going to live stream it yeah and i liken that more to watching the telly right so you mentioned the football um so if you're watching the football you don't engage with it in any way yeah sure you shout and scream at the telly but no one at the other end knows that you're shouting and screaming at the telly telly yeah um apart from maybe gareth southgate because it's so loud um uh but i digress um the 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 difference with what we're talking about and what we delivered at etl was it's not a kind of one-way broadcast anymore it's it's engagement it's interaction it's it's delivery you know like the um you know um uh martin smith uh, dj graffiti there oh, dj graffiti shout out DJ, to dj graffiti dj graffiti was was the kind of from the off uh, the, the so the first session of the virtual day was dj graffiti you know taking requests and getting involved and and, and engaging in in with the online audience you, you, you just <clears throat> that is very different to the kind of one-way 
um, uh, you know, TV broadcast that um, we had, you know, previously. And so, yes, absolutely. Um, and, 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 and I think that's where, that's where we're seeing the biggest evolution now. And it's changing every day. Like every time there's something different, there's someone new into the market that's creating new ideas and delivering different things. And um, it, it's, it's a genuinely exciting time for it. But what you've got to do is, you, so you've got to engage with that audience. And, you know, okay, Event Tech Live's a, a, a great example, but in reality, probably we did dial it up to 11 with Event Tech Live. And, and you might not want to do that for all of your events, you know, so. Yeah, I suppose the yeah. caveat to all of this is that the show is called Event Tech Live. Yeah, absolutely. So you expect so, it. Right? So, so, so there is an expectation that we're going to do, you know, not just have some event tech on display, but we're going to throw the kitchen sink at yeah, everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and effectively, for, for a lot of event organisers, they may choose to take one element of what we're showcasing. We yeah, might be doing six things. They might think, oh, just one is... And I'll come to that in a bit because I've got a good example. Yeah. Well, we, but we, we encourage them to do that. And, and I said, you know, five, ten minutes ago um, that, um, you know, you pick what's right for you based on mm. what you're trying to achieve. Um, but I, I, I think what, you know, so typically with engagement, we see things like, you know, we're, we're massive advocates of Slido. Other um, applications are available, but mm. Slido's great for that engagement. Um, one thing we always tell our customers to do when we're doing a webinar we do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of webinars um and one thing we always do is do a quick slido word cloud where are you joining us from right so when people are dialing in you know typically we go live five minutes before or ten minutes before and while people are there waiting for it to start where are you joining us from oh, i'm in oxford oh, i'm in nottingham whatever um and you then you then refer to that at the beginning of the session so the yeah. host then goes oh welcome great oh i can see we've got people from and boom up appears the word cloud and people instantly from the off say, oh, okay, I'm online, but people do care about what I've got to say because he's just referred to the fact that I'm in Oxford. Yeah, I'm in Oxford. That's cool. Um, and it's just, it's just about how you, how you, um, how you kind of break that barrier between hybrid as a single broadcast and, and blended. Oh, that's good. And blended as a, you know, we care about both sets of audience at the same time. So, yeah, you know, things like Q&A and polling and stuff like that, we've been we've been doing for hundreds of years, give or take. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, the, 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 the so the thing that we did at Event Tech Live that was um, that was uh, is kind of our showpiece at First Sight Media mm. is we created what we called what we call the bonus stage. Yes, uh, we we first did this at um, uh, the British Equine Veterinary Association Congress uh, eighteen months ago, um, and I talked about it at last year's ETL with a couple of the guys from Beaver. Um, and what great I, acronym! Thank you. Um, great and, acronym. Uh, and what it, uh, I didn't do it, but thank you. I did. Well like done, it. Beaver. Yeah, congratulations. Um, uh, so, so what that that bonus pop up stage? What it what we did is we had so we had our exhibition stand. It was it was right next to the Tech Talks Theatre, um, yeah, yeah. and at the on the other side of the stand we had a studio that we'd set up, and we had the awesome Simon Howard from Introducing Events. Absolutely, hosting. yes. Shout out, um, Simon. Yeah, hey Simon. He he. So he hosted um, he hosted that stage as well as hosting the virtual um, day, and what we did was so. Each of the each of the so we were streaming the main stage. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting thing I must come back to. Don't let me forget about the fact that we didn't stream from all four stages all at once. Right, there is a reason for that. I'll come back to it. Um, but what we did was so each of the each of the each of the main stage sessions were about 45 minutes long, 40 to 40, 40 to 50 minutes. And um, what you would typically see at other um, less event tech events is the 15 minute gap, which is a break for the in-person audience, would essentially the stream would stop and there'd be a holding slide up. We're back in a minute. Here's the agenda for today, something like that. What, we, what we've learned from Beaver 18 months ago and from a lot of the other events we've done since is when you do that, you get drop off and they don't come back. Yeah. Right. So yeah. essentially, if you, if, you looked at a, if you looked at a drop off chart of a live stream um, for... If I'm honest, 60% of the events that we do, it starts mm -hmm. off big. You know, people come in, they they join, um, and they and they and they watch and they watch the whole of the first session, and then when you get to that break with that holding slide, they drop off, right? So mm -hmm. they they drop off. Some of them then come back, 
that carries on, drop off, carries on. It looks like a step. Um, you know, if you've got if you've got a big keynote session at the end, you'll come back again and the, the step will be kind of inverted or, or something. But what we saw at Event Tech Live was a solid, they joined in the morning and they stayed on for most of the time. Sure, it might be that some dropped off, some came back on again. But yeah, in the yeah. main, there was a very steady straight line from 10 a.m. or 9, 9.55 when we went live to half past four when we finished. Yeah. And the reason for that was we filled those 15 minute gaps with content from the bonus stage. So yes. the bonus stage, as I say, it was hosted, hosted by Simon. And what we did was we dragged people literally <laughs> off the main stage or the tech talk stage or one of the one of the stages. And we dragged them off and said, you've just been talking about hybrid events. Can you come yeah. and talk to Simon about it for a bit more? And there was well, this. Uh, uh, let, let me ju uh, just, mm. just to give a bit of context to this to support what you're saying. And uh, uh, I'm going to crash across you, but this is something we've mentioned on the podcast before. Regular regular listeners will, 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 will may, maybe remember the times that I've referenced football. Okay. And forgive I'm a big football fan, but I think it offers us a great sort of point of reference in this context because. What happens at the end of a football match? You get the reporter who goes straight on the pitch or in the tunnel, you get the manager, you get a couple of players, you get people. What, what you know, what tell us about that incident at the end of the game? Tell us about the penalty decision. What's your thoughts on it? You know, at half time, do they just cut and just put a holding slide up and say, right, the second half starts in 20 minutes? No, okay. they talk about the first half content during that 15 minute interval. And effectively, what we, what we said on the podcast before about hybrid content is you have to treat this as if you're doing a live TV broadcast, you know, Tr treat it as if you are a TV station. Don't just put it up there when the session stops, hit stop on it and then start it again at the start of the next session. You know, what we're doing is what they've been doing in live TV for years, particularly with sports coverage. You know, we're, we're following a similar trend, aren't we? We're, as soon as the session's finished, we were interviewing them on your stand in your in your pop up studio. You know, we were talking to people in that you know, so it's relevant. It, it maintains a relevance. hundred percent. And it's interesting. It's, it's subject specific. Um, and it's, and it's essentially good content. You know that they're a good presenter or a good speaker because they've just been on one of the stages. So we know they're going to be good. Um, but the, 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 you know, I, I used TV as a bad example previously, um, you know, cause it was just one way, mm. but there are lots of things we can learn from that. In fact, there is an excellent, um, talk, um, on it, forgive me, I can't remember who it was by, but there was a talk on it last week about using the film industry to um, to steal good ideas for events. Sure. Um, and there's a reason why, okay, Breakfast TV, I'm going to use that as an example, right? I don't remember the last time I had time to watch it, but let's take it as an example, right? There's a reason that they do things in eight to 15 minute chunks, right? Yeah. It's because that's, your, that's the audience's attention span. So what we were doing um, in the bonus stage was we'd get someone in, we, they would talk to they would talk with Simon for somewhere around 10 to 12 minutes and then we get someone else in so if you're not interested in that subject you've only got 10 minutes to sit through before something else happens and then you know that there's another um, uh, another talk coming up from the um, uh, from the main stage because Simon's already plugged it he's already mentioned <laughs> what's going to happen he knows what's going to talk and it's and it's this constant feeding of um, that we, we refer to it as feeding the beast. Um, you know, you've got to keep this always on. Um, and so you've got to keep feeding it new, interesting stuff. And um, sure, we had some stuff in the can. We had we had a few adverts that we played every now and then, you know, yeah, only, only, yeah. only sort of two minutes or so. Um, yeah. But we, we let them play for a while um, and then we'd go back to something new and get someone else off. Or we'd, 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 we'd grab some one of the exhibitors and we'd bring them over and ask them to talk about what they were doing at ETL and how it was working. Um, uh, and, and, and so, so essentially it, it, it created this engagement that we, we could clearly see from the statistics of the, the, of the drop-off chart, which normally we see as steps, but here we saw as a very steady, solid, um, a steady, solid line, which is uh, very pleasing in many ways. It, it, it is, the, the drop-off thing, you told me about this just before we we came on air or, you know, to start recording this today. And I, I was sort of fascinated to, to hear that because it was, I, I wouldn't say justification for, for what we decided to do in terms of continuous stream. But again, you know, I, I always liken it to, I, I look at TV as a good example now because we, with companies like yourself, the, the gap between what we used to be able to do 
events and what the TV and the movie industry did was was vast. Yeah. But actually, that that gap is much much smaller than people think now. You can do amazing quality stuff now with companies like yourself and effectively set up your own TV channel for your event and do all the stuff that you see the BBC or ITV doing, you know, on their on their on their live broadcasts. Um, and I, I was fascinated to see that sort of drop off level and, and and you talking about the the continuous line of people who are there. And I think that's that's very much by the uh, down to the fact that they can click a button at the start of the day. I also think it's to do with, uh, I'm going to throw this in there, about the fact that people own more devices, right? Sure. How, how many devices do you actually own now? And I've got, you know, I've got three laptops, a couple of iPads, a smartphone, you know, probably other bits of stuff, a smart TV. So the reality is now somebody could grab a spare laptop or an iPad, hit start at the beginning of the day and leave that device running all day whilst they're checking their emails and stuff on another one. And I think the fact we have more devices also allows more people to stay engaged with stuff like this now definitely and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep the sport analogy that you've you, you've you've stuck to the wrong shape ball for me but we'll go with it anyway <laughs> um, of course you're at oxfordshire so you're yeah, quite right yes yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um um so um for example i was watching the germany spain game yesterday mm. um and i was kind of half watching it i was doing something else um but there was this, you know, obviously my brain was tuned into it because when the, you know, when the crowd starts to, you know, get excited, you know, and the commentator's voice just picks up a little bit and it gets a bit faster because he's coming nearer the goal, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You, you switch off from what you're doing and you tune back in to what's happening. Um, and that, 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 you know, um, if ever I have a snooker on, that's exactly what happens, um, you know, <laughs> and, and things like that. You kind of phase out and phase in based on what's 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 happening. You and absolutely if, do, yeah. And if you think of that, if you think of your conference or your webinar in the same way that they have it on, if they're watching online, they've got it on. But you know, they've got they've got other things to distract them. They've got their Teams, they've got their Zoom, they've got their Outlook, they've got all these other um, apps and whatnot running. Plus, they've got their iPad or whatever they can else they can do. Um, and so you've you've got to have you've got to keep them engaged. Um, it's so important. You've got to keep them interested because otherwise they'll accidentally click off it and they won't come back again. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they really will. And you know, I, I'm yet to see e even in stadium now when I've been to you know football matches. Even in stadium now, people are on their phones checking Twitter to see what other people are yeah. saying about uh, about um, about the match that they're watching in person. You know, it, it's not just about sitting virtually and, and then having other devices around now. We are constantly probably engaged with two or three different things at any one point. And, and, the, and the brilliance of some of the online platforms that we've mentioned and used and that there are available is you can you can harness all that inside your virtual event environment. Right. Yes. You can. You can so you sure people are still going to use Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But <laughs> you've you've. If you can harness a, some, even a small percentage of this, that's where you go to building that community and creating that always-on, um, uh, you know, mentality. And you know, you just keep it interesting, keep it interesting and engaging. And he says, "Have them talk for forty minutes." Well, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference back to DJ Graffiti. Love that because because um, we mentioned him earlier, and as you quite rightly said, he kicked off the whole event. You know, Event Tech Live, okay, was on the Wednesday and Thursday at XL London, but Event Tech Live started on the Tuesday lunchtime in the UK with our virtual only day, which allowed us to then have um, uh, panelists and sessions delivered from people over in the USA, which was great to have, have, have guys involved in delivering sessions remotely who weren't able to make it over to London. Um, but it was kicked off by G DJ Graffiti. And I, I wouldn't, sceptical is not the right word, but I, I did think, how is, the, how is this going to work, right? It's the first session of a business event. How is having a DJ, how is it going to work? And do you know what? Within 20 seconds of him going live, I knew it was going to work. Um, and this is, this is very much praise for him because he really knew how to engage with an online audience. This wasn't just a guy who'd set up his decks and an interface and was just playing some music down the line for us whilst people were really waiting for the other content to start. Within 20 seconds, he was giving a shout out to sponsors, to exhibitors, to the team at First Sight Media. He'd done his homework on our event before he went live and it was obvious. You know, he wasn't just winging it. 
he had social wall set up ready to go with people who were interacting with event tech live on social media he had a full virtual studio he was using the chat function on stover and he was monitoring it in real time yeah. and responding to people's shout outs he was taking requests from people um, and literally within 60 seconds he was giving all those shout outs out and i just thought it was a brilliant way to kick off the event and anybody who's in any doubt about having a more social element to their content thinking oh i run a business event i can't have a dj or some live entertainment or you know a game session or something like that honestly look at this session with dj graffiti on uh you on the event tech live youtube channel and you'll see what i'm talking about within 60 seconds you'll you'll get it and i think it what, what it said for me is that you can have more relaxed sociable content in a business event and it will work perfectly because it will actually help people to realize how they engage with the, the digital element. I, 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 yes, I agree with absolutely everything you've just said. And I do think that, that, that there, is, <clears throat> there is benefit to some less formal structured mm. stuff. Um, Good way here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, the, um, you know, the, 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 the panel discussion um, and the, you know, the fireside chat is generally much more engaging and interesting than death by PowerPoint. Mm. Um, and so if we take uh, DJ Graffiti as maybe the kind of, uh, you know, the dialed up version of that, yeah. um, it's, you can create, you can create some interesting stuff with, with less, for and the, the bonus stage was very much less formal at ETL. You know, it was, it was, okay, tell me about this. And, and Simon had a, sure, he had a list of questions that he was going to ask um, mm. that were, that were um, person specific, but, you know, it was, it was an informal chat between two people um, on the stage. And I, I do, I personally find that much more engaging. You know, it's, you know, it's the, it's when um, Roy yeah. Dean and Rio Ferdinand talk about, stuff they're the only two footballers i know sorry or um, roy keen um, and graham tunas have a punch up uh yeah our, quite right live and that's, that's more in the morning, yeah. which is great. And, that's, and that's much more and that's that's what we love about things like twitter and facebook right is that we can have a discussion and see what other people's opinions are on stuff and yeah that's my opinion too yes i agree that kind of thing um and 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 that's where the the informal um fireside chat versus um you, you know the formal death by powerpoint you know like we're doing now rather than you know a, a, a 45 minute presentation on how to engage through live streaming um I, I i definitely agree and i think i think dj graffiti is um the is the kind of pinnacle of that informal yeah. um in well, informal way of delivering events definitely i'm, I'm going to pull out another sort of uh not parallel but you know a reference point and it's non-sporting related it's now strictly come dancing related impressive because what you've just said there, straight away, what's popped into my head is the the offshoot of the main program that is it takes two, right? So you have the main program, which is the formal presentation of the format, you know, and it's entertaining, but it's slick, it's duh, duh, duh. and then you a lot of these, um, I suppose, what what do they call them? Sort of you know, celebrity type shows. Are, are, um, they will have this offshoot program that's a little bit more informal, a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. It shows you a bit more of the behind the scenes of what's going on. Everybody can just maybe just drop the mask a little bit from the, the main program. And and I see sort of the studio that you guys pop up as almost our version of Strictly It Takes Two. I love that. You know, that's such you an know, excellent the, the, analogy. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the main stage uh, and the stages there are BBC One, primetime Saturday night. And as soon as they step into your little studio, suddenly that's the behind the scenes. It's almost giving people that glimpse in behind it. And I think that's another point to make is that, you know, people like to see what's going on behind. People like to see a bit more of an informal thing. You know, it, it's a good thing to have that. Yes, um, I, that's such a great analogy, um, James. I'm going to steal that moving forward, if that's okay. It, <laughs> it, it's the it, yeah, it's the kind of to these reality TV shows. You you often reality, have this of course, kind yeah. of yeah. You you have this. Um, I don't watch any of them, so I don't know. But I do know that it takes two. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It's it's so it, it's it, it is defined the the the, the informal. Um, uh, the informal way of doing things um, in a way. And yeah, we can definitely steal good ideas from, from those sorts of things. And that's kind mm -hmm. of, that's kind of what we tried to do with the bonus stage and, and how, um, and, and how it worked um, sort of proved that it was a good, it was a good, it was a good plan. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the, the, yeah, yeah. 
my train of thought's gone. But yes, I'm going to go with yes. Um, right. So on that subject, I've, I've scribbled down something that you told me to remind you of. Oh, right. Main, main stage only streamed. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I talked about how streaming will not cannibalize your audience. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that. But what you've got to do is you've got to create a reason for them to attend yeah. and you've got to you've got to create a hook as to why I'm going to attend in person and not online. Because if you can do absolutely everything online, yeah, OK, why would you? Um, why would you come? You know, we, we, the different podcasts to talk about the debate about the networking in person versus online and all that sort of stuff. I know it's not as good. I get it. But um as we've talked about, it's for certain people, that's what's going to work best for them. Um, so we, so uh, I have this conversation with Adam Parry every year um, about how well, we're not going to stream it all because people won't come. And I do think there is, there is a little merit in that when it comes to four stages. Do you want to have all four of them always on all the time? Probably not. What we did at Beaver this year um, in September, we, I mentioned last year was the first time we did it. We did the same thing this year, but what we did was we picked and choose, picked and chose from different um, different stages. So they had uh, five theatres, I think it was at Beaver mm -hmm. um, at the ACC up in Liverpool, and what we did our bonus stage connected to all five of them. So what that meant was we could have um, we could we could essentially draw from whichever one and stream that live. Um, so. What that meant was we had a clear, this is what we're streaming. It's this stage, it's that, that stage, it's that theatre, it's that theatre. But it had a nice theme. So each of the three days that we streamed from uh, from Beaver had a different theme attached to it. You know, it might have been for nurses on day one, for, for um, um, you know, for vet specific on day two and practice management on day three, something like that. Um, and so then you can tailor your bonus content to that as well. If you're If you're talking about, um, you know, nursing in equine vet um, equine vet practices. I don't know, but um, <laughs> if you if you if you are, yeah, exactly. You get you get specific people onto your bonus stage that are talking about that. You can then yeah. advertise that as a specific content. One thing that ETL um, didn't do, and this isn't a criticism; it's just a mm -hmm. fact. One thing that they didn't do was really advertise the live stream, and I think that's because of some of the fear of the cannibalism. Um, but what they what what is really important is to market in advance what you're doing and why you're doing it and mm -hmm. how it's going to help people um, and how why it's going to be interesting and so beaver did there was a schedule it was a single live stream you mentioned earlier about how not making it yeah. you have to click there then you have to go there then you have to go there it becomes yeah. spaffy right yeah uh, so it was a single live stream all day through the crowdcoms platform that we built for them and um, they, they just tuned into that. They watched it, but there was a clear agenda. This is what's up now. This is what's up next, etc. And it was, you know, fireside chat or bonus content or this, that and the other. Additionally, what Beaver have then done is they've used that bonus content for their um, CPD um, uh, learning mm. uh, modules moving forward. So they've now got that content. So where they're delivering um something for i'm going to stick with nurses um where they're delivering something for nurses they know that there's that other bonus content that they filmed um at, at congress that they yeah. can use to, as a kind of um um uh, what do you call it pre-event reading but it's what sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, and 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 i mean i mentioned it very briefly earlier but clipping up I'm just going to touch on that, you know, very, very briefly, mm. very apt because, you know, th th these 40, 45 minute content sessions that are going out there, you know, once they're captured, uh, clip them up. You know, there will be, there, you know, in a 45 minute session, there will probably be, uh, what, a dozen, you know, lovely little quotes that will make 10, 20, 30 seconds of great social media content that you can then be used to attract people to watch that full session or be used to promote your next session, you know, hear comments like this at our next event, you know, the, 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 what you can do with them, you know, we are just scratching the surface, I think at the moment with, mm. with, with putting them out there, you know, on YouTube as on demand content and, 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 you know, publicizing the fact that people can watch them back in full. But over time, I've no doubt that we'll see all the clips that we captured, all the sessions clipped up into smaller chunks of, 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 of bite-sized content. 
100% agree. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's why um, the other thing that we, that First Side Media provided at ETL was um, daily highlights videos. So at five o'clock yeah. each day, we had a highlights video. Here's what you missed. Here's what happened. And it, it, for, for, for ETL, you, I, meant, I mentioned about your Simon Sinek start with the why, right? For ETL, mm. it was very much we want to convert that virtual audience into an in-person audience. If it can't be for day one, could it be for day two? And if mm. it can't be for day two, can it be for, uh, well, um, uh, Vegas uh, in April or um, uh, 2023 uh, back at Excel? And so that, that creating FOMO um, is what we did with the highlights video each day to try and mm. to try and um, create that. Oh, okay, I might as well I might as well nip down tomorrow because it does look great and I, I've seen this and I've seen that. And so yeah, that the, the the you know you're extending the life of your event as well, aren't you? By by having it on demand, whether you're doing it in little yeah. pieces like you mentioned for social, or whether you're actually capturing the whole thing. And we did. I said we only streamed one. Um, mm from one theater, but we did capture all of them and all of them are now available um, on the ETL YouTube channel or the ETL website. Um, yeah. So we did yeah. capture everything, so it's all there. And some of our customers have have have, have benefited from that over and over again. Um, one of our, um, one of the colleges at the University of Oxford around the corner, I point that way, because that's where it is. Um, um, one of- um, one Tenerife, of our, Tenerife. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, one, of the, one, of, one, one of those, they, they had a, um, um, a, a talk, we, we captured a talk for them from an up and coming um, uh, theologian. Um, and three years later, he won a Nobel Prize. And so they've, they've ne then rolled off that to, to say, oh, do you remember when he did this one? with us and it just they're just jumping on that bandwagon again and um mm. it, it, it's interesting about the you know don't underestimate the power of recording your 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 sessions i, I hold my hands up to the bias again um, well but... a, a few things to pick up on there number one the first time ever in the history of this podcast that the word theologian has has, has made it in so ding glad to ting. oblige yeah uh, a bonus if you've got your um um podcast uh um bingo card theologians yeah, on there, you, there you go. Theolo people have been waiting six years to get a line now <laughs> the, the, for that one so, so they've just shouted house um yeah. and and just to go back i'm gonna i'm gonna clarify two things for people listening to this today because you mentioned adam parry for context adam is the uh, for people who don't know who listen to this today is the co-founder of event tech live yes um and Again, an important thing to, to clarify if we've not done so already is that at Event Tech Live, we had four content stages within the hall at Excel. They were labeled up as the main stage, innovation theater, the tech talks theater, and the engagement theater. So just for context, you know, if you want to cycle back and just, just you know, what Richard was saying there about um, about why we chose to only stream content from the main stage, you know, there were three other stages in operation with in-person content and that's the decision that was you know that was made was to only stream content into the virtual events platform and into the blended content from the main stage mm. so that there was that still you know carrot being dangled of other content for people who were choosing to to attend in person and and like rich says that that's horses for courses other events may choose to do it differently like you mentioned with Eva. but i thought it was important to clarify those two things who adam is and exactly how the stages were sort of configured as such at events yes, at live which which leads me then into something that i wanted to mention which was some people who stopped me on the show floor um at the show and who's who saw me with my event at live shirt with my earpiece and radio walkie-talkie and um said excuse me do you deal with any of the production on the stages here and i said yes you know in a manner of speaking i do have a, a small hand in that and uh, they were from bauer media so a shout, shout out to to the guys from bauer media i didn't get their names but if you're listening to this podcast today thanks for stopping me and having a chat on the show show floor and thanks for coming to the show um and they asked me a really interesting question about how we were monitoring people in the session so, you know, like the traditional headcount or scanning their badges as they walk into the theatre. Yes, of course, that that gets done. But they're asking me, you know, what, what do we do with those stats? I said, well, it's an interesting one now, because in some respects, that means absolutely diddly squat. Because and they said, well, why? Surely the speaker wants to know how many people sat there in the session and who they were. And I said, well, yes, 
But you have to remember that now, because of the way the event is delivered, that represents only a small element of people who are effectively going to engage with that session further down the line. Yeah. I explained two things. Number one, main stage. That's going into our virtual events platform. So the people who are sat there watching it on the main stage now are not necessarily reflective of the entire audience who are actually tuning into watching that session because we've also got people online watching it mm. through the virtual events platform. Once this, the event is finished and we make that content available on demand, as we have done now, then those stats are only going to grow with time. So some of the, old, I suppose what I'm getting at is that they realised that some of the old school ways of monitoring how successful a particular session was at something like a conference or a trade show, we, we have to sort of think a little bit differently now. We have to break out of just counting or scanning the people who are sat in that theatre are. Because even on the stages that we didn't stream the live content from, they were still being recorded. So the people who were there sat watching it in real time there and then, yes, of course, we want to know who they were and, and how many were there. But it doesn't necessarily define how successful any given session was because ultimately that could go up onto YouTube, which it has done now, and it could get 50,000 views when there might have only been 15 people sat in the audience on the day. Yeah. I, yes, is all I've got to say for all of that. That was yeah. all exactly and, 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 and it was an intro. And until I actually started conversing with the... The, the 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 guys from Bauer who stopped me in on the show floor, you know, I'd given that some thought in the past, but it was actually only when I, you know, verbally sort of spat it out that I I realised just how relevant that is now. Is that the way that we used to define a successful session at something like a conference or a trade show has changed dramatically because of how we're now doing things with partners like you. Yeah, and it, it leads me nicely to. Um... To, 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 to repetition for emphasis on what I said before, um, which is think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, mm. And that, that applies absolutely with live streaming and why you're live streaming and why you're looking to create a, um, a community and whatever it is you're doing. But maybe it's time that we think about every element of what we're doing, um, it just in a new and with the, with the fresh eyes of post-pandemic um, events. Mm. and just sort of look at them and say, what am I doing and what am I trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. Is that outdated? Is that is that still useful? Um, and how can I improve upon it? And, you know, there are some there are some fast, fantastic ways that, you know, someone like First Sight Media, obviously, can can help you enhance those things. You know, ideas like bringing in DJ graffiti or um, uh, or creating the bonus stage or or just delivering from our experience, ways that we can help achieve what you're looking to achieve, mm. um, I, I think is I think is the most valuable part of working with a good production company like First Sight Media. It's it's drawing from our experience, and we mentioned right at the top about how you know there's a 12 month lead time sometimes between these things. Well, there isn't for us. We're doing six, seven a, a week. Um, so um, you know we 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 have got that experience yeah. and and got that stuff that we can then apply to you um, um, without you having to test it first because we've already tested it for you with a different customer. Mm, absolutely. Now we should put, let, let, let's let's give just an unashamed plug for the website if people want to find out more, Rich. Cool, yeah, uh, firstsight.media is, uh, is, is where you find us. Um, very straightforward. Um, or on the social channels, um, uh, at Firstsight Media we tend to be. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see them? The, the, everyone's yep. all very well branded on the show floor. Yeah, I actually it's... have a jumper on today. I've, I've got a T-shirt on underneath, which is the same thing. I don't have a tattoo of it. I was thinking I maybe should. We are fully on message today, both of us. We don't and, have uh, our little uh, earpieces, though, this time, which does make us feel important, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and I tell you what, when you take that ear... Anybody who's listening to this who works on live event sites with a radio and wears that earpiece... Dear God, does it annoy you? Yeah. And does it? It really hurts, doesn't it? It's relentless, isn't it? After relentless. three or four days of that jammed into your lug hole, yeah. it really does hurt when you um, when you take it out. You you constantly sort of like rubbing like, your ear for the next yeah. three or four days. Um, yeah, literally a pain point. We talk a lot about pain points yeah. in the industry. Literally a pain point, but it's 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 all worth it in the end, isn't it? Because I mean, just coming off the back of it and to talk, you know romantically for a second you know i was exhausted physically and mentally by the time i came off that site as i am you know when i come off any sort of big big job like that but 
there is a certain euphoria. And I mentioned this to um, uh, to Dahlia Elgazar uh, from Dahlia Plus Agency. I mentioned it on the, I, I went to see her on the North America hub um, on the show floor, see how things were going. And Mahogany Jones as well too, you know, very much friends of Event Is Who News and friends of the, of the, of the podcast and Event Set Live um, about how we choose to do this, you know. <laughs> they're long, they're arduous. We whinge about them. We fall out about them. We have people have disagreements on email and in person on site and you're stressed out. And yet every year or every month, you know, I'm a freelancer. I choose to go back to, yeah. take, the same, to take the same punishment. The day after I finished Event Tech Live or the night of a finishing Event Tech Live, I got in my car. I drove four hours back up to Yorkshire, got a few hours keeping at eight o'clock the next morning, was in an events arena overseeing the production of an award show that I then ran on the Friday night and got out of that arena at 2 a.m. You know, yes, there is a we are gluttons for punishment, but we certain choose to do sadistic it we pleasure, it. isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting actually. I was, um, I was, I was having a very similar conversation with uh, one of my team on the drive back from Excel, and um, what I liken it to is, um, you know, when you, you, have you ever been in somewhere with a group of mates and you're lost? You're like, I've got no idea where we are. We were trying to find this. We were trying to find that. Maybe pre. Um, smartphone list. I know ex I've got um, exactly the reference point. I was in um, I was in Bruges on a weekend Beano with seven other lads, and we were looking for a pub. Believe it or not, we'll right. come back to that. So, so there's so there are people in this world that will panic and go, "We're lost. What are we going to do? Oh my god, we're, we're, we're done. We're never going to find where we go. We're going to we're going to die here. Whatever, you know." Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people, and my team at First Sight Media, we're full of the sorts of people that know how to find where we're going. Um, and that's that's what I liken to running live events in the way that we do, right? Mm -hmm. I get a buzz from knowing where to go. But in my in my world, what that is, is something's gone down or, you know, there's an issue with this or an issue with that. How can we make this work? I I'm good at thinking it through and working it out quickly under pressure. And um, yeah, I likened I likened um, I likened it to my colleague of of how you how you um, how you find your way when everyone else is lost, and I, I think that's the buzz for live events that that I get certainly. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Help guiding the lost sheep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, through the darkness, which is yeah. what we were doing to the maybe I won't call them lost sheep, but I like to think that sometimes I forget how. Because, because I, you know, over the last few years, I've been thrown into the world of event tech. And, you know, even up to, you know, the last minute of this year's show, I'm learning new technology that needs to be deployed on some of the stages, how to use it so that I can effectively work with you and our other AV teams to get it up and running. Um, and sometimes I don't give enough credit to how much collectively as a team at Event Tech Live that we've learned about mm. event tech because we are surrounded by it constantly and how and i mean this in the nicest way other event organizers from big organizations you know you would assume that oh, that's a global multi-billion dollar organization surely they must know how to do x y and z and the great thing about the show is is this year that i've realized that those people don't and that, that's not a criticism of the criticism of them it's the fact that we are in a really sort of great position where we are able to offer like you said a bit of guidance and, and for people mm. who are maybe lost and or who want to be pointed in the right direction i think every single member of the event tech live team to a person at some point during the show was stopped by somebody on the show floor and asked i'm looking for somebody who does this mm -hmm. and they've gone go and speak to them over there them over there and them over there yeah and we've literally guided people in the right direction and and that's that's when it all comes sort of home to roost i think you know that, that that's where all the experiences garnered over the last few years you know we, we were able to to just deliver something as simple as go over there speak to that person they will help you experience is the key word there for me yeah it, it, it's that experience um it, it's that experience that you get where we're exposed to so much tech and so many things that we know what to do and how to deal with them. And I mean mm -hmm. that you, you and I, not just First Sight Media, I mean Event Tech Live and First Sight and, and, mm -hmm. and other other of the guys that helped us deliver that. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting times for me. It is, it is. Um, we've been talking today to our very good friend, Rich Belcher from First Sight Media. Um, I'm not giving you a job title deliberately, Rich, on this because um, I know you mentioned you, you you own and run the company, but you know, 
much more than that you know a, a job titles often you know mean something sometimes they don't mean anything particularly if you're as hands-on as you are and anybody who was at uh, event tech live who walked the show floor and who went past the first site media stand and saw a guy there sat behind a load of monitors and, and with loads of buttons in front of him wearing headphones and queuing stuff thinking oh that's the guy just pushing the buttons that was rich that was me guy, yeah that's the guy who runs a company who is actually there on the show floor pushing all those buttons and actually operating and working hands on there so you know a little shout out for that as well because i think it's worth Thanks, noting. Mate. i will never be that i will never be that type of managing director that doesn't do that i love it it's yeah. what i get a buzz out of for you know, sure we'll leave people you know to wear sharp suits and look immaculate like james bond to paul starkey um it, 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 it's, uh, <laughs> paul, paul, paul does that really really well yes, for those absolutely. of you who know him at first like me he, yeah. he's he's the handsome guy wearing the sharp suit yes i'll i'll, I'll tell him that You'll love it. <laughs> um, thanks very much, Rich. Really appreciate it. And and I did put up the, um, for those of you watching the video version of the podcast via eventindustrynews.com or on the Event Industry News YouTube channel. Um, once again, the website for firstsite.media is on your screens now. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're on the website already, once you finish watching today's exciting podcast, don't forget to have a little look around all the uh, various other elements and bits and pieces on eventindustrynews.com, including, of course, the legendary A to Z supplier directory. If you are an event organizer, anybody working in the events industry and you're looking for a product or a service, the chances are you will find it within that A to Z supplier directory on this very website on which you are watching this video. Of course, you may be listening to the audio only version of this podcast via your podcast platform, in which case make sure you do head over to eventindustrynews.com and look at all the lovely things that I've just mentioned. Um, and uh, you'll find us anywhere. I, I always give this a little mention. If you get your podcast from, I don't know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just search for Event Industry News. You'll be able to find us and listen back to all of the ramblings that I've been throwing myself into for the last seven or eight years or so. Um, none of which are as interesting as a conversation with our good friends at First Sight Media and Rich Belcher. <laughs> That's not true, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, and, 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 and I think over the coming weeks, you know, it would be lovely, Rich. You're the first yeah, supplier, partner, whatever we want to, to, to term you as, you know, um, it, it, that we've spoken to on the podcast post Event Tech Live. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're going to, in the coming weeks, maybe get some of those other partner organizations. We, we mentioned people like Novum, who are our audio visual partner four wall who do who do the big um led screen on our main stage for us and um, it'd be really interesting maybe to sort of expand what you and i have spoken about today and and pick up and maybe link some of these conversations with those other partners which i'm sure we're going to do um in the coming weeks but for now we'll wrap it up there i'll let you get back to your uh, to your work with the other events and uh, check that the team are all you know still pushing the right buttons at the right time in the right places um, and we're going to wrap up today's podcast by saying a very big thank you to our friends at First Art Media and to Rich Belcher and to say that we'll see you on the next episode of the Event Industry News Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, James. Mm -hmm.